0: Baby back door, baby fall off, yeah. Snipping codeine cause I gotta kill a cow. Yeah. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh,
1: you boys, they my brothers, they my friends.
0: Yeah. Now it's time to go to work.
1: There's not one guy in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. <laughs>
0: listening to brandon drum look i think the program is moving in a great direction and parker thune
1: venables knows what he's doing
0: this is the ou insider under the visor podcast Welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visors Sooners podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune, and you all have talked about it on our OU Insider VIP board. There is going to be a celebrity guest this week on the podcast, but due to unforeseen circumstances, life happens. That guest, and we're, we'll go ahead and we'll tell you now who it is. It is Delarian Turner-Yell um he's going to be on and it's going to be a standalone podcast we're going to you're going to get more bang for your buck you're going to get to learn all about the spring game this week or on this episode uh we're going to talk about the visitors we're going to talk about what we're looking for we're going to talk about you know some of the thing the coaches talk and players have talked about this past week and on top of that you're going to get to learn Turner, Turner yell and uh you know we're we're going to ask him about that you know, the special Lincoln Riley.
1: Oh yeah. It'll be some hard hitting oh, cool. journalism. Oh, cool. I'll also oh, yeah. I'll have to give him, I'll have to give him some grief because we booked this interview with him. Oh, a, week a couple weeks back. And yeah. then he showed up on the Oklahoma breakdown with Teddy Lehman and gay biker like three days ago. So I'm gonna have to be like, bro, you let them steal my thunder. I'm going to, I'm going to rib Teddy about that. Good, but no, uh, hopefully with all of the new stuff that's uh, come to light, well, I shouldn't say new stuff that's come to light. Uh, because Lincoln Riley, in the article that he published with the Players' Tribune, really didn't tell us Bullshit. much of anything.
0: That he had to... <laughs> that's what it okay, was. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> the PG label is officially off the table, and we're only 90 <laughs> sorry, seconds folks, Sorry, folks, <laughs> sorry. But uh, no, that, that hopefully will provide a new angle that we can take with DTY, and uh, obviously, as uh, many of you folks will understand, the life of an athlete that's preparing for the NFL draft is one that is – uh, rife with unforeseen schedule changes. And so while we mm-hmm. initially planned to have him with us uh, recording tonight, uh, those plans had to be altered due to his demanding schedule. But uh, he did promise us that uh, we would get together later in the week uh, to be able to sit down and record a special bonus episode of the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast. So long story short, There is a wealth of content coming your way, particularly if you are a VIP over at OUinsider.com, because we have been tracking visitors all week, not just visitors for the spring game, but several of the visitors that the Sooners hosted earlier in the week. We've been providing you with updates, team notes, uh, the typical recruiting notes that we do week in and week out. And then obviously previewing what is going to be a very ballyhooed spring game on the 23rd of April.
0: Absolutely, and 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 to top that, I know we also have Peyton Kirkland coming on, getting to know the recruit later on this week. He's visiting Oklahoma tomorrow. We'll arrive around six p.m., and he'll be followed on Friday by Derek LeBlanc, uh, four-star five. He's he's the number seventeen overall player in the country, so he's a five-star. Let's just let's call it what it is. Uh, (laughs) He's a five-star defensive lineman. He just hasn't been given his fifth star yet for some odd reason but uh he will be in town according to his father ricardo hello ricardo i know you're listening uh we have done that on everything that we've done lately we it's like it's become like a thing where we wave to ricardo and give a shout out on every podcast or youtube live because he always tells us he's watching so like every week every time oh i'm about to start you guys did a good job he'll give like his the the rundown of it anyways um he's he's like the
1: uh He's like the Statler and Waldorf of the OU Insider Under the Visor he podcast. Is. Not he not is. in the sense that he's a heckler, but he's the one guy in the audience that you, all, you always know he's there.
0: You know he's there. You know he's there. And he's and a good he one to have shot. around, too. Yes, he does. Um, so, you know, it, the fact that LeBlanc is coming back is just huge for Oklahoma on so many levels. I, You can't really – you can't really – dispute that at all because it, it it was going to happen. Then it couldn't, it wasn't going to happen. Then all of a sudden, boom, this week they're like, hey, we're flying into Dallas, DFW, and we are going to get a car and we're driving up to Norman. They'll be there uh, Friday afternoon and they will be there all the way through Monday. So that is big for Oklahoma, especially considering the fact he's coming back May 31st you for the YouTube people, you guys are going to like this little pointer finger today. It's going to, it's a lethal metal one. I broke my finger. So it's a, um, they're coming back May 31st. They're coming back. Um, they're going to camp on June 1st and the 2nd with Oklahoma, or Derek is. And then the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, they're also going to that afternoon, evening, they're going to do Champion Barbecue. They're going to unofficial hang out with everybody that's going to be in town. And then the fifth, they're going to hang out a little bit. And then I think they're leaving on the sixth in the morning or fifth at night. One of the two, regardless, they're going to be there for like six days at the end of May, beginning of June. And then they're coming back for an official visit later on that hasn't even been set up. The only official LeBlanc has set up right now is Penn State on June 17th. So. Florida is probably going to get an official. Miami is probably going to get an official. Oklahoma is going to get an official. Uh, I'm not going to say probably. Florida is going to get an official. Miami is going to get an official. Oklahoma is going to get an official. And I think there's a chance that Ohio State or Tennessee could pull out and get an official too. I know – it. look, folks, regardless of that recruitment, I know we went right into recruiting information there because of the visitor list – uh, that that is we've released on OU Insider VIP. We won't dive into a whole lot of names here. We'll dive into some, but that's for our VIP members. So, uh, but yeah, look, it is going to be a battle for Oklahoma to get LeBlanc. But if they can pull it off, it is that is one of the bigger wins I can remember in a long time for Oklahoma. Just I think from a standpoint of kind of Venables and Bates saying, you thought we were one hit wonders at Clemson and we were just doing that at Clemson. Obviously now Venables did it at Oklahoma, but Bates doing it at at, at Clemson. No, 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 no. He's going to pull the big dogs at Oklahoma too. So I think that is kind of where we're at with this. It's kind of believe it when you see it type deal. And you see some of the fans commenting on the OU insider VIP Parker, where they're like, Oh, well, LeBlanc's gonna go to Florida and Raynaud's gonna go to Alabama. Well, Jordan Raynaud, I don't even know if I put him on the list, bro. I just remembered that. Jordan uh, Did I put him on there? Well, we
1: can uh we can double check quick. I didn't. But...
0: Hey, I didn't, but anyways, yeah. We need to add him. Can you add him while I'm talking here? <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> please. Yeah, I got you covered. Okay. Uh yeah. So uh yeah, Jordan Raynaud's going to be there. Um, it, it's it's just it's a big deal when you've got those type of guys. 2024 class: Zeno Umiazulu, Michael Hawkins Jr., Nigel Smith, avian Sands, Mario Craver. Like you're talking big names there. And then the fact that Oklahoma's already getting in on some of the 2025 quarterbacks of, you know, Reggie McNeil Jr., Kevin Sperry uh, Jr. Emil Picarella, you know like the those the look they're doing some big things because these these guys I, I know I obviously Sperry from Prosper not too far of a drive for him two hours, but at the same time, you know Picarella's coming from Bradgie McNeil's coming from Houston. I mean these guys are coming around they're not it's not just like they can just you know not spend half the day in the car a whole day in the car to get to Oklahoma. So we'll have to take a flight. So there's several of those that are happening. And right now with flights being expensive with inflation, all that type of stuff, Oklahoma is doing a really good job getting some big names on campus. So we'll see what where, where that takes us. Uh, Parker, I, I guess when you look at that list, and I know you're looking at it right now. What's yeah, kind of your am. first, first takeaway? from it uh and i guess your initial takeaway like and there's going to be some surprises too that show up that we don't even know about so what is your initial takeaway we're going to add some to this list as we go but is it as i mean is it as deep as you thought it might be is it deeper is it not as deep it is well i'll say this it
1: is deeper on a wednesday than I thought it would be, because generally these lists get bigger later in the week as we start Mm -hmm. to confirm more and more in the 48 to 72 hours immediately preceding uh, an event like this. So I do think this list is more extensive than I would have expected it to be on a Wednesday. And that only speaks to what you were just talking about, uh, Brandon, which is that uh, by the time Saturday does roll around, there probably will be another dozen names at least that aren't on this list yet that will be on the list. Uh, also, by the way, I think if there's one player I am most excited to see OU hosting this weekend, it is my boy Michael Hawkins, the 2024 oh. four-star quarterback out of Allen High School. Because
0: Colin man, Simmons I, is another guy we forgot.
1: <laughs> no, nope, I'm on it, but. No, that 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 is a guy. And I made it no secret ever since I watched him uh, as a sophomore, just absolute standout at Allen High as a sophomore Uh, and an elite company and that Kyler Murray is the only other guy in that high school's history to start a quarterback as a sophomore. But if I had to pick a guy for the Sooners in the class of 2024 at the quarterback position, that's the dude I'm picking without question yeah. so for the Sooners to get him on campus is big in my eyes
0: no it's huge he he just kind of you know Hawkins just kind of hit me up out of the blue today and he was like hey you know how I told you I had those family plans I wasn't going to be able to make it and I was like yeah man it's all good he's yeah no I'm gonna be there so change of plans I will be in Norman this Saturday uh I'm bringing my boy 2025 tight in uh, Davon Mitchell and it looks like my guy, zoo Umea Zulu is coming with us too, coming with me too. So, Zena, as some of y'all know him, uh, Umo Zulu is coming. So, we'll see, uh, you know, if, you know, Zu ends up coming. Uh, I have him down as probable right now. He's trying to get on that. He's telling everybody he's coming or telling Hawkins and myself he's coming. But he said he's got to iron some things out over the next few days to really make sure he'll be there but still the fact that those type of things are happening on a Wednesday that is not normal from any aspect especially for Oklahoma like the spring game has been such a you know up and down deal uh so it, as far as visitors go, it sometimes you know it's big. Sometimes it's not. It depends on back in you know Mule Shoe Day to make it big, they would bring in official visitors so they could, they could get those big names on campus and kind of get some of that momentum going. But it would ruin them because they would waste a and it's kind of crazy. Parker, think about this: getting a kid to visit in June comparative to a month and a half earlier in April in the recruiting world for some odd reason that is just so big because a lot of times they'll get those kids going in and Oklahoma will be in the lead in April but then when June and July roll around and they visited like four or five other guys of the programs Oklahoma now is playing catch-up again with those with those uh targets so It's been such a different vibe with Venables where they're saying no official visits for the spring game, or at least that's what we've heard so far. So, uh, and you like what you're hearing. You like the fact that they're going to have a big weekend on June the 2nd with the Champion Barbecue. You like the June 19th weekend or 17th weekend where they're going to have another big weekend form, like a pizza party or whatever they're going to do. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's another potential big weekend in the middle of June. And then at the end of the July, they're going to roll out again, another champion barbecue type atmosphere uh, to bring in some more official visitors before the dead period starts at the beginning of August. So it's been an interesting I guess it's just been interesting how Venables in them, how they've went about this recruiting because it's totally different than what we've been used to with the, with the previous staff.
1: Yeah. Well, and I just, I hope that if they do do another, mid-June recruiting weekend it is a little bit more elaborate than a pizza party because that gives me fifth grade vibes but one way <laughs> well, you another, know I
0: was just I was just coming up with just like the first thing I could think of I know they did yeah. pizza parties at a uh, at Clemson so that's why I, I that was why it came into my head yeah so. well
1: I, I I think what's encouraging to me about the way that the Sooners are recruiting right now Brandon is that sure you know There haven't been a whole lot of verbal commitments, and that's something that has kind of gotten a certain contingent of the fan base restless. But at the same time, they are getting return visits, unofficial visits at that from so many of these prospects that we wouldn't have really considered OU strongly in the running for a couple of months back. I look at Jaquazy Petaway as a perfect example a guy that's going to be on campus at Oklahoma for the second time this spring, this Saturday. And if you can start to build momentum with a guy like that, maybe he loops back around and takes an OV and maybe you pull something off where you end up with a player that you weren't anticipating the recruiting industry as a whole, wasn't anticipating that the Sooners were going to stand a good chance of landing him. A couple of months prior, uh, I think about Cedric Roberts in the class of 2022. Remember when he just re- he just committed out of the blue in late July, and nobody had any inclination at that point that he was that high on Oklahoma and that Oklahoma was that high on him. I think you could see that kind of dynamic play out, w- you know, with its own nuance. But what I'm getting at is that. You look at a guy like Jaquese Petaway or a guy like a Jaden Chapman, for instance, where it's not immediately clear or not immediately evident that OU is right there at the top, but they just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. And at a certain point, as you and Rusty Manziel like to say, Brandon, you got to follow the visits. And with a couple of guys like that, If you end up following the visits and the visits keep leading you back to Norman, Oklahoma, that's maybe an indication that Oklahoma is in this thing a lot deeper than folks would have anticipated. Oh, you're muted, Brandon. Um,
0: Sorry folks. Uh, Yeah. I, uh, I totally forgot that I had confirmed that Colin Simmons was going to be there. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I even had him down on our list earlier. It's just driving me nuts. I'm glad Al Maneuver, would at Minerva? Is that, is that, he's a, he's a very uh, recruiting whiz, by the way. I'll give him a shout out. He's so good. He's really good at it. Uh, so the fact that he threw Colin's name out there and I totally forgot that we had him on our list. Anyways, um, you know, this, this weekend is something that, and I've been doing a lot of thinking on this, is do or does Oklahoma get a commitment?
1: I would say yes. Do they
0: get? Okay.
1: I would say yes, they do. I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I, but it almost seems like too big of a weekend for it not to result in at least one commitment.
0: And see, it won't be Jacoby Johnson and everybody's going to think they're going to think that that's going to be the guy, or, you know, I can tell you that's not going to happen. I know Jacoby, I was with him today. Uh, my kids got to Mustang. I'm around him all the time. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I just – now, Jacoby's going to end up at OU. Let's get that straight. He visited Alabama and he really liked Alabama. But he's going to take officials to Oklahoma. He's going to take one to Alabama. He's going to take one to Stanford. He's going to take one to Oklahoma State. Those are going to be the four teams right now that really kind of have position. And even today, as we record this on April 20th in the evening, he he was at Alabama this past weekend. Coach Wiggins came and saw him at 10 o'clock this morning. Michigan followed it up. Coach Klinkscales followed it up at 1030. I followed it up. Too so, um, but so, one of these yeah, things I, is not like the others, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was different. I had Florida State walked through, I mean, it was weird, like, uh, so yeah, there he's a he's he's gonna get people out there to see him in Mustang, he's a big deal, and there is a lot of division one talent coming up in the 24, 25, and 26 classes. And I'm telling you, they have – it just sounds so weird to say it, but they've got the best eighth grade class I've ever seen in my life, honestly. And I say that, like, straight-up honest. Like, they are going to have probably – that are going to be freshmen next year, and they're going to play varsity. Like, those dudes are going to play. There's a a running back on that team. Ran a 4-7 as a 14-year-old. That's pretty good. Yeah, Jacoby ran a 10-6, by the way, 100.
1: That's also pretty good.
0: Yeah, he can fly. He is – He's. I think he has five. If he does that consistently, if he can get down to 10-5, don't you think he's a five-star or at least some five-star Jacoby. range? Yeah.
1: I think Jacoby has the potential to be there. Mm. Um, I think it's
0: – that's a good Gabe Brooks I, question I think, by the way. Well,
1: and I I think what hurts him quite honestly is that he plays in the state of Oklahoma. I think that's probably what holds a guy like him back.
0: And I hate I hate that phrase right there. I hate that phrase cuz they're going to look at the that that right there especially in the 2023 class. Like come come the hell on, man. Like that is <laughs> that class is good in the state of Oklahoma like really good 22 was excellent 24 I am so sorry to say that but it is not very good right now as far as overall depth and even some top the second david stone left that hurt now is the davian sims moves into durant we're changing some things up now real quick right sure
1: he instantly yeah. becomes the top guy
0: instantly becomes the top guy and it it all of a sudden brings notoriety back to the state that was lost when david left but 2025 and i know you can back me on this it might end up being the greatest class in the state of oklahoma of all time
1: that is 1000 percent true that potential is very much on the table and there like, let's let's not get it twisted there are some guys in the state of oklahoma in the class of 2024 uh dax collins obviously yeah is the top of that list yeah harrison utley from norman north already has an iowa state offer Demontre patterson uh, mm-hmm. has an offer for marshall ezra bollinger is another guy from the tulsa area that's worth keeping an eye on but yeah. for the most part brandon
0: there's not a top 250 kid yet. That's the thing. No,
1: no, you're dealing with uh, a lot and of guys. And there's usually right four or five now just, by now. Yeah. And as you look ahead to 2025, there already Ooh. might be six or seven top 250 kids
0: at minimum. At that minimum. class is going
1: to be very good.
0: Yeah. Like you're talking like, I know y'all. I know y'all can't hear us, and this is such a rhetorical question. Do you people? Well, you can hear it's. You we can't hear your answers when you talk to the radio, but y'all remember the 2022 class, obviously, and how deep that class was. Where it seemed like the whole class was going to get an Oklahoma offer at one point when they were like, Robert Spears, Jennings, Jaden Rowe, Gentry Williams, like. Everybody was getting an offer because it was that good. And there was probably three or four other guys that probably deserved an offer. And if Venables is head coach, they have an offer. But Riley, for some odd reason, wouldn't do it. He wouldn't build. He was so hard pressed not to build a class around the state of Oklahoma where Stoops in his heyday. That's what he did. There were there. Folks, there was a trip that Parker and I took to New Orleans one time. And Parker, can sit here and tell you, we sat there. As we're driving down the road, he would look up the year. And we would count how many Oklahoma signees and commits were in there. To look back at like 99 and 2000, in 2001, 2002, and 2003, four, five, six, like There were so many signees from the state of Oklahoma. It was so crazy. But then it seemed like after 2011, it just stopped when Venables left. It was almost like, and it's really weird to say, like, Venables was a guy that would stand up on the table and say, you've got to go get the in-state kids. They're the ones that are passionate about the program. They may not be that five-star guy that you want, but they turn in to be five stars after you develop them because they want it that badly for their state, for their university. And nobody's sitting here saying, I'm never going to sit there and say, you take a three-star OK Preps kid over a five-star Texas or Florida or Georgia. I'm not that stupid. Who does that? An idiot does that. That's who does that. So I'm not going to sit here and pound the chest like that. No, I know there are some people out there that say that type of crap and you all know who I'm talking about, but that's not what Parker and I are getting at. What we're getting at is you have to balance the class getting four, five, six in state kids sometimes seven or eight, sometimes nine, 10. It doesn't matter if you got 15 guys from out-of-state and you get 10 from in-state and five of those 10 in-state guys are top two, four, seven guys and the other five are program guys. That is how you balance and build a program. You have got to have program guys mixed in with all those elite guys. Even Bama does that. You'll look at down their roster and you're like five-star, 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 four-star, all the way down. And then you've got those lowly Alabama weird names that nobody knows who the hell they are. But Saban does, and he's doing it because they're program guys. And guess what? Every year, one of those program guys ends up in the NFL. So it's a win-win. you get leaders and you get talent sometimes that develops and they mold them I and that's that's something I I've, I've been kind of adamant about lately Parker but what is your thinking on the on the way they've been doing it? I know people are getting frustrated with the no commits and we've we've talked about Ad nauseam with about the you know they can't take visits still and that's what the holdup is but it's there's more to it than that. It's the it, the change of the – how many coaching changes there were this past offseason, kids are skittish. And we're still kind of catching up to the COVID deal where not everybody got to take all their own officials and all that type of stuff. They're finally getting to do it. So what what is your thought on the way Oklahoma is offered?
1: I mean, look, right now Texas Tech owns the number one recruiting class in the class of 2023. Right. A couple other programs in the top 10 right now are Colorado, Louisville, and Baylor. I think it's safe to assume that maybe one of those four programs, if that, will end up finishing in the top 10. So if you're worried about how your team is recruiting in April, you shouldn't be. And you're causing yourself unnecessary stress because... Take a look back, for instance, at Alabama last year. They had two commits in June. It wasn't until July that the ball started to roll downhill for the Crimson Tide. There is an element of faith that needs to be placed in this coaching staff and the vision that they've instilled. And there just needs to be an overarching belief in the fan base that regardless of what the optics look like right now, Everything is going to be fine in the long run. And I promise you right now, Oklahoma is not the only school that's going through this exact same dynamic and whose fan base has this exact same complaint. I mean, let's talk about some of the teams that are ranked in comparative territory to Oklahoma right now in the class of 2023. Alabama has three commits. They're number 27. Clemson has three commits they're number 28. Texas has three commits. They're number 32. Oregon has two commits and they're at number 43. Oklahoma is far from dead last. They're, they're not Mm -hmm. bringing up the rear in this race at all. And where they're at right now in April is in far better territory than a lot of those other programs that I mentioned as well, as well as programs like Auburn at 44 with two commits, Florida at 47 with two commits, Utah's at 49 with two commits. Ole Miss has one committed there at 56. My point is you have virtually no reason to be concerned right now because early momentum in the recruiting game, does it carry some weight? Certainly. But the recruiting rankings come December are going to look night and day different than they do right now. Oh. So much is going to change. And you have to, I, I know it's cliche at this point, the 76ers kind of ruined it for everybody, but you have to trust the process. I promise <laughs> you that's what Oregon fans are doing. That's what Florida fans are doing. That's what Ole Miss fans are doing. That's what Wisconsin fans are doing. They're at number 62 with one commit.
0: So and they never recruit well. But still, they it's, somehow win.
1: Yes, it's not as if Oklahoma is a straggler right now. That is not the case at all. All things considered, they're actually in pretty decent shape right now today. In the long term, they're in excellent shape because they're building momentum with so many of these blue chips in the class of 2023. And they're getting guys like Derek LeBlanc, Peyton Kirkland, Jaquese Petaway. Caden green to visit over and over and over again. And are they going to get commitments from every single one of these guys that they're hosting this uh, weekend for the spring game? No. Are they going to host every one of the guys? Or are they going to get every one of the guys that they host for an official visit? Certainly not, but you can count on the Sooners being in the final. I would say, what do you, what, what's the word Peloton? That's the word. I was thinking, what's in the Tour de France, what do they call the front group? It's the Peloton. But the Sooners are going to Which be in the has also Peloton. been
0: ruined. That word's also been ruined, by the way. By oh, I suppose
1: it has. Yes. But the Sooners are going to be in the Peloton for the vast majority of these guys. And so you're going to see them get the vast majority of the kids that they really want to get. The players yeah. that Oklahoma prioritizes, they're going to have a really good chance of landing. There is no reason for concern. There is no reason for worry right now with how things are trending for Oklahoma, even though they only, and I'm using air quotes here, only have four commits in April.
0: I don't know, man. I just read something today on my, was it the by Job and Cole Adams update where there was a poster that said that, uh, LeBlanc's gonna go to Florida, Raynaud's gonna go to Alabama, Derek David Hicks is gonna go to AM, and Todd Bates is gonna strike out. I know you saw what I was talking. Yeah, I know you saw what I'm talking about. <laughs> Parker just rolled his eyes. <laughs> They're striking out on everybody, Parker. Striking out on everybody in April, by the way. And It was such a, it was a weird comment because we just got done discussing how Cole Adams and Oklahoma seem to be coming together now and he's okay with how Oklahoma is recruiting him at this point. They're talking, they're communicating. There's an understanding that wasn't there for a long time and it really did. It took one of them to open up and say, okay, I'm going to come down and see you now. Oklahoma is going to go see him. Like they're returning the favor, and when that favor is returned, there's a good chance an offer goes out this spring to him. And I know that we were talking about this past week on the YouTube Live that if they didn't offer while he was there, it may not happen. Well, it looks like Oklahoma wants to go watch him move in person. And if they like what they see, I think they offer and I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot. The fact that he's waiting, he could have already jumped on the Alabama offer. He could have jumped on numerous other offers and he's here waiting on Oklahoma to see what they're going to do. And he's been patient about it. That tells you all you need to know about where he stands with it. Like Adams is being patient, Oklahoma's being patient and I actually think the Oklahoma staff is probably respecting the fact of how he's handling it. Like that's your program guy, but he's not just a program guy, he's an elite talent. Like he's got speed for days. Got he's that got a four chance. star now too. Yeah, he got that four star now too. So I mean, it's I don't know. I'm I'm there's that and then there's by job, you know? Uh people want him to automatically Well, he lives in Norman. Why doesn't he commit? Folks, he's not from Norman. He's lived in Norman for like four years. He's from Senegal. And one of these days, you guys are going to get to hear his life story. And you're going to understand why he has so much hesitation of staying And that's a better word. That's better. Let me rephrase that. Why he doesn't just jump on Oklahoma and stay in Norman automatically. It's not my place to tell the story. One of these days, I'm going to have him come on, meet the recruit. And I'm going to let him tell you guys. And when he's ready. And when that happens, you guys are going to understand. Like, it's not viewed as this amazing place where all this great stuff happened. There's not. There's been some not so good moments with it in the last four years. That other people need to understand that 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 comes with it. So, now he's going to take an official to Oklahoma. That's happening. That's happening. But he's also going to take officials to Alabama, Georgia, probably Vanderbilt. And if if Miami, if he gets his way, he'll take one to Miami. But there's people around him that don't want him visiting Miami. So we'll see how, how that goes. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. So, but I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, four teams right now, He may not publicly come out and say it outright at this point, and he will in the next month or so. But right now, that's just not where he's at. He's still trying to kind of weed some things out and, and get a better understanding. But I will tell you guys this. He's tired of the recruiting process. He's beat up. Like, he's over it. He will be in Norman for the spring game, but he's over it. 100% 100% over it. He enjoyed it when it first started. Now he's just ready to start narrowing this stuff down and really start taking official visits. So we'll see through the month of June. I think that's really going to be his primary focus, June and July. And hopefully by September, this thing is done. But we'll we'll know more then. Um, as far as the game goes this week, this weekend what what exactly are you looking for parker like we know we were that somebody tweeted out today that there's three thousand tickets left we know the thing's probably going to be sold out and there's a chance that they may start opening up some of the balcony just to have some overflow if needed uh but what are you looking for game-wise like you know, and we can talk about the 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 Baker Mayfield stuff and all the pros that are going to come back because there's so many elite Hall of Famers, all time guys, going to be back. But what are you looking for in this game? Like, what is your what are you what is going to be your biggest takeaway?
1: I I think for me, what's most interesting about this game, and look, it's it's not going to be anything revolutionary uh, that I'm about to say, but you know, the spring game, more than anything else, is a great opportunity to see what you've got in the newcomers, whether that is transfer portal acquisitions or early enrollee freshmen. And so, guys like Javante Barnes and Jaron Canick that we have talked at length about, uh, guys like Trey Morrison, Jeffrey Johnson. Uh, I'm leaving somebody out. Kenai Walker on the defensive side of the ball those high impact transfers that the Sooners brought in even an under the radar guy like uh McCade Mattire, who isn't going to be as conspicuous from his position at left guard but that is likely going to be a key cog for this program in the fall those are going to be the players that I am scrutinizing most heavily
0: mm-hmm. and
1: also again not really anything that I'm going to say here that will come as any surprise to anybody or that will differ from the opinion of any casual fan. But I think people are most excited to see what Dylan Gabriel brings to the table. And I think with Brent Venable's announcement that he's going to play for both teams, that he's going to swing back and forth between uh, the two sides at the coaches draft that's a pretty reliable indication that there is a significant gap in talent and maturity right now between Dylan Gabriel and every other quarterback. Because if you had somebody that was even close to Dylan Gabriel's level, you wouldn't even worry about having your quarterback swing back and forth. Right. And it's understandable that this would be the case because he's going up against a true freshman and Nick Evers and, a trio of walk-ons and ralph rucker ben harris and micah bowens and yes micah bowens is a walk-on for those that are not aware um so i to a certain extent i get it but i also think that puts a lot on dylan gabriel's shoulders heading into the fall because you know the uh especially the glass half empty fans are going to have it embedded in the back of their heads well what if dylan gabriel gets injured what if Yep. an ailment were to befall him, what becomes of the Oklahoma offense in that event. And so I am I am intrigued to see just how well this offense functions under Dylan Gabriel. And from the practice reports that I've heard from talking to people close to the program, uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, the offense has really started to kick it into gear. So while I am excited to see how the offense functions under Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I also think studying Nick Evers as a quarterback and studying Ralph Rucker for that matter uh, is going to be key as well, because with how much of a gap there is between Dylan Gabriel and everybody else in the room, you always have to be prepared. You got to have that contingency plan in place in your head, such that if injury does befall Dylan Gabriel, as it did uh, in his final season at UCF this past year you know, how how are the Sooners going to be able to respond that's not just on whoever the next quarterback in line is that's on the defense that's on the running game that's on the offensive line that's on everybody so it's not necessarily for me just about the way that Dylan Gabriel throws the ball it's how the offense gels around the quarterback and so those are the things that I'll be looking for primarily uh, with regard to the spring game this weekend also Going to be interested to see in what is likely going to be a windy and potentially rainy environment, how the place kickers perform, because we've talked about that. That's a definite question mark for Oklahoma heading into the fall, at least at this point.
0: <laughs> we did. Bro, we did. We did the – uh was it last podcast or the podcast before? We did like a 30-minute segment on the kicking game. Yeah, yeah, we and did talk. It, we deep dived into the history of kicking too. <laughs> history of OU kicking. I'm sure that was just riveting for fans. But it's so important though at the same time. And that's what like it, it's a position where you're just like, oh my God, they're talking kicking. But you want to talk kicking when they kick a game winner or if they miss a game winner, right? You can't have both. You can't not like the position and think it's an overstated, over, or an overvalued position when it can lose you a ball game and win you one. That shows you its importance right there. So you have to talk about those type of things. But I, I agree with you on the Dylan Gabriel stuff. I think he has to stay healthy for you this year. I think that is just. Man, that's good, cr- and I and I want to I want to say that as the roster sits now, he has to stay healthy, right? We don't we assume Oklahoma is going to go add a quarterback out of the portal, right? So, and I'm talking about after spring, and so if they can do that, I think that lessens the I don't want to say lessens the value of Dylan Gabriel because I don't think you can lessen his value this season, but it 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 lessens the the what's the word we're looking for here, man? It lessens the I guess circumstance if he is to get hurt, especially if it's like for a week or two maybe you can fight through that and win a game or two. As long as it's not a long-term injury, right? If you can find somebody that can come in and be a viable backup. And we're not saying Nick Evers is bad. We're not saying uh,
1: – I don't know, Brandon. I heard you say Nick Evers sucks.
0: That's what I heard. <laughs> is, that, is that what that, I that that, was, was that word – those words came out of my mouth? Okay. But we're not saying that. We're saying that he's a true freshman he's just now learning the college game and to be thrown into that sort of i mean you saw the ups and downs of a of the number one quarterback in the country in the 2021 class last year and Caleb williams those were a lot of ups and downs and he only played and started half the season or last seven games or whatever it was but or no it wasn't last seven what was it last his last seven games Seven said, games. Seven games. That's right. Last seven games. So, I mean, come on. Like, seriously, I'm being dead serious. Like, if he had those ups and downs and he was considered a generational talent, what what do you expect a guy that's the number seven or eight quarterback in the country? Like, he's not going to come in and just be consistent every week. Is As talented as ever as may be. And we all, we both think that he's very talented. And he's going to have a great career at Oklahoma. But the ups and downs of any, any freshman, they happen. They happen to the best. Adrian Peterson had some games where he just wasn't as elite as he was in others as a freshman. It just happens. And you talk about a generational talent. He's a multi-generational talent. And he still had some games where you were like, okay, like he struggled at AM. I know he hurt his shoulder, but that's a, another thing we're talking about is like, you're going to take a beating. This is a more physical game than you're used to being in college. You're the big dog. You were the senior. You were older than everybody else, bigger, batter, stronger, faster. Now you're going up against as a freshman where everybody else is bigger, batter, stronger, faster than you. So there's, There's that. There's just so many things Oklahoma has to balance here, and that's why they went after two quarterbacks in the portal in the month of January, in December, in February. And now they're going to try again in the month of May. Like, that's just – that's facts. So, we'll see who jumps in the portal, who doesn't. If nobody jumps in the portal, then, you know, Oklahoma's SOL. (laughs) They've – you roll with those freshmen, baby. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. Um, so, yeah, I I agree with you on Dylan. I, I want to see what he looks like. I want to see how healthy he can stay during this offseason, during the season. I think that's critical for Oklahoma because if he can stay healthy, and and, and that's another thing I want to ask about, too, after I, after I dive into what I'm looking for. um, And we'll get to that in a second, but I want to see what this offensive line does because obviously Andrew rain's been out with the high ankle sprain all week or for a couple weeks, uh, been in and out battling that Robert congel has been battling a broken hand. Um, that center position. Oh, how critical that is. You know, they're going to have to iron that, that thing out. I think we both think that rain is going to end up, where does Conjol go? Like, can he bump over and rotate at one of the guard positions? We both kind of think he can because he's smart and he's really good. I think you have to have him on the field at some point during every game because he's going to help you win. Um, how, How that offensive line mesh, and we've heard this offensive line is already superior to last year's, so we'll see where that goes uh and the defensive line we've heard you know they've had some ups and downs they've had they've had days where they've struggled to get past the interior that that interior the offensive line for oklahoma is stout with murray matwire raymond Conjul. it's good and Savion Bird's got a chance to be really good he can play inside outside if you need him uh, Aaron Parks can play inside, outside. Obviously, you have Anton Harrison and Wanye. Wanye, I mean, Wanye, you know, better than the standard. He won that uh, as far as the student athlete thing goes today, which is really cool to see from somebody that was struggling with that last year mentally. The steps that he's taken—talk about a guy that has a chance to really insert himself as one of the top linemen in the not just the Big 12 but the country. He's got that type of talent. No doubt he has that type of talent. So there's pieces for this Oklahoma team offensively. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to seeing is how do those things mesh the spring through 15 practices in the spring game? How does the defensive line show? Because I, that, that's kind of, and how does the secondary show? I think we both agree the linebackers are going to be really good. I think we both agree with that. They're deep, they're talented. They have some youth there, but there's there's some there's just something about anytime Venables is coaching linebackers where you just never worry really that worried about that position. So, uh, with that said, what does Oklahoma have to do during the spring game to catch the eye of the national media and create a buzz to where people start believing they can actually contend? Because there's always that, those teams, there was like, oh, did you see that spring game? Oh man. They're going to be really good. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's hard for me to game.
1: believe. Shut up. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard for me to believe that happens, Brandon, just because. It any, is right. But that's what any takes. Cause it happens.
0: On, it happens.
1: Any takes I'm on any spring game are so manufactured it's ridiculous oh, because yes it, it's it's an intra squad scrimmage brandon so if the offense performs well you can say well i don't know about oklahoma that defense looks suspect and if the defense comes out and dominates you can say oh, oh dylan gabriel did not have Overrated. a uh,
0: did not have
1: smooth <laughs> sailing in his first spring game at Oklahoma, I would be wary of this OU team heading into the fall. And conversely. The stuff we heard
0: about Kyler in 2018 after that windy spring game, cold oh spring gosh. game where he just wasn't very good.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, you can manipulate that type of narrative however you want. You can turn a spring game into an unwaveringly positive sign that Oklahoma is going to contend for a college football playoff berth. Or you can turn it into an unwaveringly positive sign that they're going to finish in the bottom half of the big 12, if you really want to. So (laughs) here's, here's where I stand on all of it, Brandon. I feel like the national media has already kind of made up their minds, what they think of Oklahoma and what they will think of Oklahoma heading into the fall of 2022. So no, I'm not convinced that the spring game will provide any reason for pundits across the country to get excited about the Sooners
0: oh well I mean we, we might I agree with you there's not I, I, I totally just threw a supple up there just to get you roused up by the way because I knew exactly <laughs> what that question was going to do uh, because it's the dumbest question everyone people were like oh well they don't look very good on defense or they don't look very good on offense in spring I'm like man shut up there's always going to be a winner or loser. They 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 know what each other going to do. So if one team one side has a bad day, because my God, maybe they're bored, or maybe they showed something. Maybe the offense showed something that the defense hadn't seen from that offense, and they're not out there, you know, dissecting film. They're just showing up and playing, honestly. Like that. That's another thing people don't understand. Like they just showed up and played. There wasn't like a week of. Uh, evaluation and, you know, dissecting the opponent's playbook and diving into that. Like, they're just showing up there. They're just throwing some a roster together, and they're going to go out and play for the fans. That's all this is. Now it's going to be fun to see a different style of play, a more physical style of play. I think they're going to play faster. I think this game is going to be way more physical than any spring game that we've seen in recent memory. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that because the one thing that they're doing right now in practice that they didn't do under the old staff is tackling. It almost what? has to be a more physical. <laughs> it almost has to be a more physical. Uh, what is this word? You egg.
0: what's this word? Tackle? I don't understand it. What does it mean? It's <laughs> Olivia. <totally being>, yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I but I know that no, that's, uh, that's, that's there's the probably some like, OU
0: fans out there doing this. Like, what is tackle? <laughs> if it's not if it's not the
1: most physical spring game you've seen in at least 5 years, I think there's a problem.
0: <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Well, to that and you were talking about the national media making up their own narrative already. And the national media are always, you know, they are they already have what they want to do with Oklahoma. Could that not have been more evident today? Thank you Lincoln Riley for ruining my birthday, you jackass.
1: He ruined your birthday?
0: In the Players' Tribune bull crap. Didn't really ruin it. I'm, I'm totally trying to be dramatic here with what I'm saying. People, I, if you take me seriously, people, just how, – How do you let anybody
1: ruin 420? I know. For
0: Brandon. I know, right? I know. I know. I was born on 420. Anyways, I was trying to be dramatic with it, but here's here's the truth of the matter. How stupid was that? It was the biggest. Hey, everybody, look at me! I know Venable's is about to have his first spring game in front of a sold-out crowd in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm about to play in front of 10,000 people at most in the Coliseum. Are we? Are we? Are we really getting
1: into this? Are we?
0: Gonna- We're doing a players tribute talk. We're gonna do it, okay. man.
1: Okay. I know well, okay. you read Here's-
0: it. I read it. We're going to talk about it because we're going to also talk about it with DTY, but I want our personal opinions out here right now.
1: Okay. Because DTY's so here's,
0: opinions are better.
1: <laughs> no question.
0: Because it's going to be way, yeah.
1: Now, here's what I will say about all of it. It reeks of narcissism. Oh my God, yes. It reeks of narcissism. The timing in particular, because... This comes immediately on the heels of Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner doing the interview with ESPN where they expressed that they felt Oklahoma was a toxic environment in 2021. It came directly on the heels of RJ Young's interview with Isaiah Thomas, where he dished on how everything unfolded on November 28th and in the immediate aftermath. And it comes three days before the Sooners play arguably the most anticipated spring game, in program history. Lincoln Riley didn't have the eyeballs on him anymore. And moreover, he had players coming out and attesting to the reality that things were not so chipper and not so sunshine and roses uh, towards the end of the season in 2021. And the narrative was getting out of his control and, he, and OU fans, moreover, on social media, were starting to move past the messy divorce. And so I don't know if he decided he needed to reinsert, reinsert himself, or is it if his agent decided he needed to reinsert himself? Whatever the case may be, the timing of all of this absolutely reeks of narcissism to me.
0: Does. What do you think the chances are that he actually wrote that bullshit? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm asking.
1: Oh man, uh,
0: I was it him or was it his agent that wrote that? I I, I bet he wrote and it. he approved I bet he it. Really, it. you think so? No, I, I I bet he did write it
1: because it, it it was the exact. Same Which just makes yes. it even more
0: better. Yeah, it like, was just the biggest and this is I've this is read. my other
1: issue with it is that. He didn't tell anyone anything that they didn't already know in this column. He just regurgitated the same garbage that he's been sticking to his guns on for almost five months.
0: Yeah, I literally, and okay, it, I know I've cursed a couple times on this podcast, but I want people to put your earmuffs if you have your kids with you right now. I'm giving you five, <laughs> four, three, two, one. I almost made a video for Twitter when I read this, Okay. And it was going to be of me reading it. And the whole time I was just going to be going bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs> and I was going to keep zooming in on the players, trivia and stuff.
1: <laughs> you're you're going to get one of those buttons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm done with the cursing now. Um, But still like, that's really where I was at with that. Like I, I could not believe that he decided on a Wednesday, you know, he'd has a spring game coming up, but nobody gives a crap. That's the problem. Yeah. Because people don't
1: care about college football in LA. (laughs) I know there's 30 other things that are (laughs) worth more of their time and attention. When when you say
0: that right there, when you say that right there, it makes seem like the only thing to do in Oklahoma is Oklahoma football, which partly true, partly true, but at the same time, it's not
1: the only thing to do. It's the most, it's the most important thing in a lot of these people's lives though.
0: Yeah. They just love football. Yeah. That's, and I think that's the difference is when you're in LA, there's people love going hiking. They love, I mean, I know people love going hiking here in Oklahoma and all that type of stuff, but they, they love football over everything like it literally is an Oklahoma God family football like that is the truth
1: and sometimes football's higher on that priority list <laughs> sometimes
0: it's not necessarily in Parker. that order <laughs> and by the way you're t- I know I've cursed today but there's probably not more faith driven media people than Parker or not so <laughs> there is to say that is no but i mean that's that's
1: just the reality that's how
0: important (laughs) no you football is to people in the state it is it is it is it's uh, it's 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 kind of sad sometimes but we love you all for it because we wouldn't have jobs if you weren't like that honestly um to be to be straight up honest like it really was like he was like man there's three days until that spring game and like you said nobody's paying attention to me Why has nobody asked me about Oklahoma? Why has nobody come to our practices and asked us about how good such and such is or Mario Williams or blah, 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 blah. Like, like, why is that not happening? Probably because Alabama, who is more important than USC, had their spring game this past weekend. Um, uh, Arkansas had their spring game here recently. Uh, Texas A&M had their spring game recently. Um, trying to think who all's, well, I think LSU's had theirs recently, Florida right? Florida has had theirs. Florida, yep. Florida. You know, other there are other college football teams, Lincoln. There's other college football teams. I know. I'm just throwing that out there. So. As a matter of
1: fact, there are other college football teams in your same city in LA.
0: They happened to beat y'all last year during your four and eight season. I'm sorry. We're not going to go there. Like I know the people in the I the people in the comments on the YouTube are going to be <laughs> lethal with this. Lethal. The USC fans are going to come in droves after us. But look, I know you guys don't want to hear it, but the guy is narcissistic. I'm friends with several of his staffers. Great people. But They had to leave because they needed a job. Because he decided to go interview, go talk to people about a job when he was supposed to be doing a presser in October before the biggest game of the season versus Baylor. And they lost that game. And if you talk to anybody in that program, I know we're diving back into this, but if you talk to anybody in the program, did they not talk about how weird that whole thing was from that point on? Like everything was weird leading up to the game and beyond. Just everybody was—he was just acting weird towards everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I—I I don't want to get too deep into the yeah, weeds we on this, Brandon. Yeah, but here's this, here's but, yeah. here's here's what I will add. Here's how much subterfuge was involved in all of this there were member there were members of lincoln riley's staff at oklahoma that were making plans to the effect that he was going to take the lsu job on that sunday nobody knew about usc not a single Mm -hmm. human being And that was after, mind you, that was after he had come out and said, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. People still believe that he was going to take that job. People very close to that situation.
0: Then that shows you how much you can trust a guy. Just that right there, what you just said. (laughs) It's like, he's just full of crap. Kind of like the Players' Tribune. Anyways, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, and I think we're not going to be the only OU media people that just went scorch earth on that. I promise you, I guarantee you, everybody went scorch earth on that.
1: Oh yeah, just wait, just wait till Teddy and Gabe release the next episode of their podcast.
0: Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. I honestly can't because I know Teddy and Gabe are going to go all in on that. There's no love lost there. <laughs> nope. Um, that's a that's a good podcast. So, um, yeah, who wins? Who wins this weekend? Well, we don't know. Is it red or white? I don't care. We're going in blind, baby. Okay, Pick a we're side. going in blind. Uh, okay.
1: Well, my my favorite OU jersey scheme is the whites, so I'm gonna
0: say white. My favorite color is. Blue and since red is a solid color like blue, I'm gonna go red. Tangential
1: <laughs> logic, but I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, apparently, there. apparently the draft, the quote-unquote draft, was held today. So, yeah, the teams, it, was. it was. Yes, so the teams are set. We just don't mm-hmm. know who's where.
0: No, they find out tomorrow. The draft was held. The full team will find out tomorrow where they're going to be, and they'll go from there. So very cool, we'll know more tomorrow because we get we get the uh offensive line we get beanbo tomorrow
1: that should be your question to Bill beanbo just be like hey Bill can you run us through the rosters for Saturday
0: <laughs> dude I think he would die <laughs> laughing if I asked him that <laughs> well you know <laughs> oh my God he would have a spit he's a He would just stare at me and spit in his cup, dude. (laughs) That was a phenomenal spit noise. (laughs) So I took a photo of him. I don't know if I've showed you these. And like, I have, I had no idea what he was doing. And I was like, just started. And it is literally, it's, it's, I've got to show you these. Cause you know, like those cartoons where they would like the pages you would go through, you like flick the pages. You can see people move. It was like that because it was so fast. But the whole time he reaches in his pocket, one photo, the next pocket he's coming up. He's coming up in every photo. He's coming up. He opens the can as the photos are opening. He pulls it out and into his mouth goes the chaw. <laughs> it was like one of those cartoons, man. <laughs> I've got to show you. I have them. I've got to show you. It is hilarious. When I, when I just press go on the phone, it's like... Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Just one big motion. It's awesome. Um, Yeah, I think we're done, man. We're totally just, we just, we've just, we're totally off the rails at this point. So anyways, pay attention to, we will have a standalone DTY interview and we're going to talk about the Players tribunes, folks stuff. Like we're folks, we're going to talk about that stuff. We are going to talk about that. And we're going to dive into it. We're going to ask some Big J-type questions to him. Big J. And um, I can't wait because I'm interested to see. DTY is usually a pretty – like, he's he's going to tell you bluntly what's on his mind. So, with, with some, you know, I guess, candor in there. So, I, I think – it'll be a good podcast it'll be fun uh, parker and i will do it and we'll, we'll we'll get it up for you guys so make sure you pay attention to that coming up gonna be really fun to hear about his draft process last year's season obviously the players tribune stuffed and how he views the the, the brent venables regime going into the spring game and so uh I, I can't wait for all that be sure that you're uh we should have the uh uh, getting to know the recruit with Peyton Kirkland, four-star offensive lineman out of Orlando, Dr. Phillips High School. Uh, and you want to talk about somebody that is just blunt and to the point and probably one of the best interviews you'll ever hear, interviewees you'll ever hear in your life. Peyton Kirkland is that dude. So when I it's up if it's up on our YouTube, go ahead, watch it, and you're going to love it. It does we have a to. glitch in it where it just shows him. You hear yeah, my we'll voice, to- but – him.
1: We'll get that fixed for next time, but we need to, uh, we need to rechristen it and we need to make it a, a off of know you boo with Tom Haverford. And we need, we need to call it know Your Cruit.
0: Know your Cruit. Let's do that. It's now officially known Boom. as No know your there you go. <laughs> I interview people. I make it really lax and fun for them. And then at the very end, we dive into recruiting and you get to, you get to actually learn their lives. Like, what they've been through, how they're like Peyton's life, where he came from, like to get to Orlando was really cool. So you guys will get to, you guys would love that. Um, that's it, man. Like, uh, make sure you pay attention to all that. Make sure you join the OU Insider VIP board. Uh, I think starting tomorrow, we are going to go 50% off. So the 21st through Monday, the 24th, 50% off OU Insider VIP. That means $53 will get you one year of VIP access, news and notes, team info, VIP, all that type of stuff, recruiting, daily, uh, VIP chats, uh, video. Uh, You get all that stuff way before everybody else. And a lot of stuff that we don't ever post publicly, nor do we talk about on this podcast, is on OU Insider VIP. And it is legit, folks. Like, it is where it's at. There's... Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of members on there right now. Seriously, like that place is busy, busy, busy. You drop something, and within 10 hours, there's 10,000 views on our stuff. So, I mean, it's super busy right now. Uh, and we can't thank you guys enough, UOU fans, uh, for signing up. We c- continue to break records. You guys are on there. You're asking us questions, you're commenting. There is so many OU fans talking OU 24-7, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, recruiting, uh, gymnastics. They won the women's, won the national title. Uh, The men's golf golf program is on fire right now. I mean, all sorts of stuff that they talk about on all the message boards. We have a political message board you can go to as well, called O'Connell's, where you can talk about just about anything. So, and that is just Hell's Kitchen. I forget that board
1: exists sometimes, which is is probably for the best.
0: It is Hell's Kitchen. Like, it is the worst thing in the world, but it's funny to go read. Uh, So, yeah, we have all that for you guys on OU Insider VIP. Come join us. $53 to get you one year, or you can try us right now for one month. If you just want to test us out, $1 for the first month, then $9.95 afterwards. You cancel easy. Hit up support. They'll cancel. They'll drop your... Uh, credit card, all that good to go. Um Yeah. And if you want to sign up full and don't want to pay the uh, 50% off and you want to go full and pay maybe $75 or 108, depending on what it is at, at that point time, I think usually it's about 75. We try not to do the 108 your first year. We try to make it really easy, but you can if you do sign up at the $75, you get Paramount plus with, with that that's ninety nine. That's ninety nine ninety nine value added on to what is essentially a hundred and eight dollar value, uh, which puts it at about two hundred and seven bucks worth in value added on with Paramount Plus, which is really cool. Uh, that makes that makes it worth it. And uh, if you do sign up for the one year, whether it's fifty percent off or whatever, you still get to go to all the other two four seven sites. You get to see their VIP stuff. You get to go read how they're doing in recruiting, what their teams are like, all that. Be in the know. Be the best college football fan you can be and college sports fan you can be, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, it doesn't matter. All these other sites, just like OU Insider, will have you in the know. So uh, hope to see you guys there. If you do, let us know that you signed up. Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the OU Insider Under the Visor Turnish podcast. For Parker Thune, my name is Brandon Drum. You guys have a blessed day. We will see you guys at Pack the Palace this Saturday at Owen Field. Have a blessed day. Oh, one more thing before you have a blessed day. We are going to do a post-game podcast, post-spring game podcast. So make, make sure you pay pay attention to that as well. So, anyways, you guys have a blessed night. We will talk to you guys later.